Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, at SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, that's on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. On today's episode, our guest is Mike Shackelford, a.k.a. the Wizard of Odds. Uh, Mike's a mathematician, best known for his analysis of odds on casino games and all types of gambling. Make sure you check out his website, wizardofodds.com, and give him a follow on Twitter, at Wizard of Odds. Mike, thanks for joining us. Alan, thanks a lot for having me. How you doing? Ah, uh, doing great, doing great. All right, so what's pretty interesting about you, you know, you're very well known out there in the industry, but uh, you actually started out working for the government as an actuary. Uh, at what point, you know, did you say, all right, enough of this government stuff. Uh, we're going into gaming full time. Yeah, it was certainly a big jump, and it was not a sudden decision. It was something that happened gradually over a few years. So I worked for the Social Security Administration as an actuary uh, through the 90s. And at this time, my in the, around 95, my office, my boss asked me to make a website for the office to keep track of all the data that we had and how it was organized. And he said, Mike, I want you to make a website. And I said, what is a website? And <laughs> he installed a, um, a browser on my computer. And, you know, in 95, there weren't too many websites out there, but... I, I, I thought it was great, and I got a book on HTML, and it, to just practice, I just made fun websites as a hobby, and one of them was the website about gambling, which at first was just called Mike's Gambling Page, and, and I did, as my boss asked, I made a website for the office, and once I was done with that, I enjoyed it so much that I just kept making new hobby websites and improving on the ones I already started, including the one on gambling, which is uh, the main one that took off. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it became so successful between traffic and consulting work that came through it that I was running myself really thin between having a full-time job and everything that the website was asking me to do. And so in the year 2000, I, I made a big decision. I, I left a comfortable GS-14 job and went into private practice. And I've never looked back. And you, and you don't often hear people leaving government work except through retirement or death. But I'm one who did. <laughs> yeah, both my parents worked in the government. So, you know, very familiar with, uh, with how all that goes. Uh, all right, so since, since you got here into the gaming industry, can you just give the audience you know, a brief overview of you know, what you've done, maybe some of your career highlights, and you know, where you've gone along the way? Yeah, so the, the executive summary is um, I changed the name of my website from Mike's Gambling Page to The Wizard of Odds at first. It, at first, there was a, a the there, and eventually I bought the website or the domain wizardofodds.com to get rid of the the the. Right. And I moved to Las Vegas in April 2001 and continued to just try to make it the best website about gambling there is. And that's that's always been my objective is to give the world a no-nonsense place to go to learn about the odds of hundreds of different games and how to play them. So, you know, uh, here at Sports Predictor, obviously we do a lot 
more, uh, you know, sports betting, things of that nature. I know dabble in it a little bit, but uh, now that, you know, sports betting has become a monster out here in the United States, uh, have you dabbled in that at all or, you know, worked with any certain companies to strengthen their odds? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've done a lot of sports betting myself. Um, but to answer the second question first, no, nobody on the industry side have has ever asked me to help. I think that there's already a lot of really sharp people that specialize in setting lines and so forth. I think I could help if anyone ever asked me to, like in doing easy stuff like setting parlay odds or odds for exotic bets. But here in Las Vegas, most people seem to just copy what they do offshore. And But in terms of my own sports betting, I went through a, a big phase here uh, doing – trying to – mainly betting exotic stuff, uh, especially NFL proposition bets, especially on the Super Bowl. Uh, I used to bet hundreds of thousands of dollars on Super Bowl props, and I've also – looked for lines that I just thought were off. For example, I used to at least perceive a lot of value in betting money lines on underdogs in the NFL um, and college, and as well as taking advantage of things like half-point parlay cards, uh, teasers that cross the three and the seven. And a, a book that I really want to put in a, a good word for is Sharp Sports Betting by Stanford Wong. Yeah. It takes a very mathematical look at, at sports betting. It requires absolutely no handicapping knowledge. And it just looks at taking advantage of things like, like I just said, parlays and teasers. And I must say that this book is rather out of date now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the advice is no longer valid, but I pretty much followed the, the Wong philosophy and how I made bets. So, so you and I have talked in the past, you know, about, you know, uh, betting without handicapping. Is that sort of what you're talking about or there's a little more to it? No, Wong absolutely has that philosophy. He does not say one word about handicapping. Mm. And, you know, furthermore, I know other people here in Vegas that do pretty well in sports betting and they don't handicap. They th they pretty much follow the philosophy that the market is efficient and they but they try to take advantage of certain kinds of exotic bets that the sports books offer that if you look at the data um, offers a player advantage. For example, I'm sure you know that you can buy a half point off of in off of a bet against a spread in the NFL. Right. But to if you can get that half point for only ten cents off of three, it's very valuable. It's worth it to the break even price to pay for a half point off of three is somewhere between twenty and twenty five cents. So to get it a ten is a bargain. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, uh, I come from the world of daily fantasy sports. So when I got into betting, I had absolutely no choice but to handicap. You know, I mean, watching the games is pretty much everything to it. But even in uh, daily fantasy sports, you know, there's a there's a sort of strategy that goes to the price of a player and, you know, how many minutes they're going to play, how many plays they're going to play in the game. And I feel, you know, with talking with a lot of, you know, you guys from the gaming industry, you know, it, it really doesn't have a lot to do with handicapping. It's based on the price that you get and the line that you get on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, I'm just finding more and more that that's kind of a, you know, co a commonplace here in uh, in sports betting. Um, I know, uh, you know, you may, might have some words out there for the recreational better who just wants to bet smarter, not necessarily throw the 
the weekly paycheck at it or uh you know make this a living but you know how can that guy who bets you know two or three times a week uh make this a little easier for himself all right first of all if i may put in a plug for my book gambling 102 the second edition just came out right. the one with the green cover and this covers a lot of just really basic advice on getting the odds better in your than just a random picker in the nfl it doesn't necessarily promise an advantage but i'm sure you've heard this before but bet on underdogs yeah that is huge right there and i'm not saying that betting underdogs will give you an advantage in every sport or any sport but you'll definitely do better than if you bet on favorites uh i find that betting away teams is better than betting on home teams and and generally betting on under unders is better than overs but it's a very small difference so those tips right there will save the recreational player a lot of money now i just want to like you know i i do that a lot too with thunders so like when i go out and watch the games with my friends they absolutely hate my guts they're like go sit over there in the corner because (laughs) you know nobody wants to bet on the under but a lot of times it is the better play but with the betting on the road teams is that is that more a fact of, all right, home field or home court advantage really isn't a thing? Or what else, is there something else to that? There definitely is a home team advantage. And the book Sports, Sports Casting has a great chap, chapter about why that is. But, for example, in the NFL, the rule of thumb is you give a team three points if they have home field advantage. Yeah. But the... On average, the home team only wins by two and a half points. So I think that giving them three is too much. And furthermore, if you just look at data, which is what I do, it just bears it out that against the spread, you do better uh, betting on road teams. However, this may be just a, a product of, of a small sample size. There aren't all that many NFL games in a year. Right. And in sharp sports betting, Wong gives the opposite advice. He saw more advantage in home teams. And whether it's just a small sample size or things change, I'm not sure. But in in the data that I have laid out in my book shows that at least in the NFL, it's better to bet on road teams. Yeah, that is interesting, too. And again, you know, so I'm here in New Jersey. And of course, you know, the Jets and the Giants, that's not exactly a home field advantage at their stadium. Uh, we've seen it with maybe even the, the Florida teams, you know, Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami, uh, all the way out to the L.A. Chargers. I mean, those are teams right there that, you know, they're getting three points for absolutely nothing. And, you know, a team like the Giants, yeah, that's just something looking at it, you know, from my own uh, research. They're like, I know they won this past weekend at home, but uh, I think they're like 3-11 and against the spread in their last uh, 14 home games. So that absolutely makes sense. All right. All right. Let's get to back to your world here. The uh, the casino games. Now, I know we were kind of just talking about yeah, maybe making things a little smarter uh, for the average sports better. But when it comes to casino games, are you the type that likes to wipe the house clean or are you just trying to go in there and make a decent chunk of change? I'm just trying to go in there and get the odds in my favor as much as I can. Uh, there's no way that I'm going to take down the Mirage, for example. I just will, whatever the bet is, no matter what the game, I will at least perceive some kind of advantage. And then the the rule of thumb, Kelly betting, is you bet the your per- perceived advantage divided by the variance of the bet. And, and that's what I do. And I'm not a casino hater. You know, I'm, 
I'm not vindictive about it. I'm not trying to like, I mean, I want to win, but it's not like I take pleasure in the casino losing. I, I'm just about making a good bet and then letting the chips fall where they may. I like that. I like that. So now, um, with, you know, with doing casino gaming, I found it pretty interesting that, um, not, I, mean, I guess not, it, not interesting, but what you do, um, you know, for a lot of these companies is you actually like set the yacht, run the numbers, um, you know, design these online slot, slot machines for a lot of gaming websites. That to me is pretty interesting. Uh, how how does that even work, and what is the biggest challenge that you face when doing those systems? Well, with slot machines, I usually work for smaller gaming companies that aren't big enough to have their own mathematicians or or game designers. Uh-huh. So they they will generally the way it works is they come to me and they say, Mike, I want to do a game that has this feature and this feature and that feature, and set it to say ninety two percent. Sometimes they ask me to they like somebody else's game. And they ask me to make something similar to it. Other times, clients will just say, Mike, you know, just give me any game. I want a new one, whatever you think is best. So you get everywhere from the clients that are extremely controlling and the ones who just want anything. Uh, to be honest with you, slot machine math is is pretty easy. It's slam dunk, easy work. And you're working with companies that generally have money. So you're not having to deal with starving table game inventors. Um, but in terms of challenge, Yeah, some of the biggest challenges are in table games. For example, there is a game that I just released a page on my website right now called, um, oh, what was it called? Something Blackjack. uh, Quantum Blackjack. Okay. And I don't even claim to have analyzed that, but this is a blackjack game where they deal some random cards from a separate deck, and if the player ever gets one of these cards in his hand then he wins multipliers that if he wins, he gets these multipliers. So the player is like on a hunt to, to get these, these, these specific random cards. And so it's going to cause a player to do a lot more hitting and splitting in this multiplier hunt. And, and the, the math of that would just be crazy hard. And if it was a real popular game, I might go about doing it, but for just an obscure game on an, on an internet casino, I'm not going to fuss with it, but I at least like present the rules on my website and say what the company claims the house advantage is. So I have a follow up question to you know the one that I just had, but you know it's interesting because yeah you know yes now you can play blackjack, you can play roulette, um, you, know, you can play all these different games on your phone right now, uh, the mm-hmm. same the same ones that traditionally you would go in person to the casino to play. Do you feel like you know when when people like yourself develop these games that they kind of put a limit on how much the user can win. And also is it, are the odds more favorable for the customer to do this in person or on the phone? Yeah, that's a good question. Lots of times online slots are set pretty stingy because everyone offers bonuses Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, having, having a stingy return is the only way to protect themselves from these bonuses. And if you're not taking advantage of a bonus, I would not play slots online. And in fact, I would feel confident saying that your odds would be better at, say, a locals casino like the Suncoast or the Palace Station than you would at an online slot machine. So, yeah, be careful of those online slot machines. 
So I know we were just talking about blackjack. Uh, you know, albeit a, a quantum blackjack, which sounds like a lot of fun with the uh, with all the multipliers. But I I was watching one of your past interviews. Uh, you know, getting ready for this for our interview today, uh, and you had mentioned that you said blackjack is probably a dying game. Uh, do you still feel that way? And if so, uh, what's the reason for that? Yeah, I. I don't feel that way so strongly anymore. Okay. And when I said it's a dying game, I may have meant card counting. Okay. I don't remember the context that I said it in. And yeah, card counting is nearly dead. I would say that the number of card counters out there are maybe only 10% what they were, say, in the 70s or 80s. But blackjack itself as, as a recreational game is is still popular. I'm sure the number of tables has gone down. Casinos don't view it as an especially profitable game. So they are trying to wean people off blackjack, especially with new blackjack variants like Lucky Cat Blackjack and Blackjack Switch, um, things like that. Okay. So, so yeah, but so the casinos are, are, like I said, trying to get players interested in new games and phasing out a blackjack so maybe yeah maybe it is a dying game but it's going to die a very slow death yeah and I, I i think part of the context of it too is that blackjack is probably has some of the best odds in the house so yeah like they weren't i guess the casinos weren't trying to put that up front as much you know yeah uh when i worked uh, at a las vegas strip casino that shall remain nameless i calculated that even with average play we only broke even with a $50 blackjack player at, a, at paying three to two. And most players on the main floor are not betting $50. So the way they probably looked at it was more as a, what's the term for it? Just like a nicety that you give your hotel guests mm-hmm. as opposed to something that was making money. Gotcha. So, An amenity. That's what I was looking for. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, so I um, also in doing the research, I came across that uh, the YouTube video where you're teaching people how to play craps. So what's really funny about myself is I learned how to play craps in 30 minutes one time in Atlantic City from one of the dealers. Uh, it was hysterical. Like I, I've never picked up a game quicker in my entire life. Um, any any advice out there for me and all the the craps players out there? Because I, I really like the video that you had on YouTube, and I thought you had some. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, I think that video has taught a lot of people how to play craps. I get a lot of compliments on it. and But craps is a difficult game to explain how to play. I don't know why, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no other game where the bet is not resolved in just one throw. It And that seems to be a stumbling block for a lot of people trying to learn the game. But my advice is really simple. Try to stick to just the line bets and make the odds, mainly. So the pass, don't pass, come, don't come. Back them up with the odds, and but especially stay away from everything in the middle of the table. That is the sucker bet region. Have absolutely nothing to do with the middle of the table, like any seven, any craps, hardways. All that stuff is sucker bets. You know, if you make anything in the middle of the table, just get out a Sharpie and put a big S on your forehand on your forehead for soccer. Yeah. I typically, I typically go past line and then six and eight. Those are usually, that's usually my home. 
Yeah, the house edge on the six and the eight is one point five two percent, which isn't so bad. But but if you let's say the the odds allowed are three, four, five times, mm-hmm. if you just stick to baking line bets and backing them up with those odds, you can get it down to, off the top of my head, I think about zero point four percent. So I would rather have zero point four than one point five. But nevertheless, I'm not going to wag my finger at you if I see you making a place bet on the six or eight. All right, so we have come to the end of our time here of this podcast. But as I always like to, to ask a lot of our you know guys who develop gaming and are great at numbers, I always love to ask this question. So in a dream scenario, what would the perfect sports book, probably in your, in your uh, instance here, it's going to be a casino. So what would the perfect casino site look like and who would be the spokesperson for it? You know, it, it's funny you ask that. Because, as I mentioned before, that the casinos are real bonus-driven right now, and players are demanding bonuses in general. But I think a lot of players would say, look, I am sick of bonuses. I am sick of reading five pages of bonus rules and then getting my money denied because of some technicality. No, just give me a good game to begin with, and I don't want a bonus. It would be nice if anybody did that. And I am trying to do that, and I hate to you know, plug myself again. But it's I have your, the domain. Podcast. Don't worry about it. It's all good. All right. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I, I own the domain casino99.com. It's just a placeholder right now. But I would love to do a casino that offered a return of at least 99% on every single game, including slots. And I can't find anyone to agree with me on my vision. But that would be my um, – as a player, I think it would be my dream casino. It would be where I would play. And so, yeah, that is, there's your answer. All right. Any particular spokesperson in mind? Oh, me. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, that's usually what everyone says, but that's good. We've had a couple good, aunt, Charles Barkley, uh, Kate Upton. So, oh, everyone's got their opinion on that one. All right. So our guest today, Mike Shackelford, a.k.a. The Wizard of Odds. Uh, Make sure you go check out his website, wizardofodds.com. Follow him on Twitter at Wizard of Odds. Um, All right. Any uh, any closing thoughts, Mike? I just want to thank you for the interview. That was a lot of fun and I'd be happy to come back anytime you want me. All right. Sounds great. All right. Sportspredictor.com is where you find all the great stuff that we got going on this NFL season. Uh, make sure you go to sportspredictor.com and also follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, big thanks to Mike Shackelford for his time, and we'll see you uh, on Wednesday with the uh, NFL Week 16 breakdown. See you, everyone.